Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are, and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. And we're live. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for this episode. Um, I'm super excited for this episode and uh, excited for the guests that we have. Uh, Our guest today is probably my best friend in the world, uh, someone who I've known since before I can remember. He lived with me as a college roommate for over four years. He's one of the only people I've ever been in a physical fight with. Um, so with, without further ado, Jackson, Katina, thank you for joining us today. Dude, I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. This is, this is re- you're really professional at this. <laughs> thank you. I, uh, so for those of you who don't know, Jackson is my cousin. Um, and Jackson, I, before we really dive into things, I'll just give you a chance to introduce yourself to the listeners, uh, who may know you or who may not. Yeah. Um, I'm Jackson. Um, I'm James's oldest. Um, I'm 24 years old. I'm currently living with my dad in, uh, Franklin and, um, yeah, I'm about to get married and I think that's all I'll, I'll spill for now. There you I'm go. Sure so. you'll, you'll bring some stuff out of me. Yeah, Jackson and I, uh, Jackson probably knows me better than almost anyone on the planet outside of like my parents and my brother and my fiance. You might know me better than Alexis, honestly. Yeah, right yeah now. I probably do right but, now at least. Uh, yeah, Jackson and I have been best friends since we, before we could walk. And um, I'm really excited to have him in today because I think he is someone who uh, is very wise and has a lot of, uh, opinions on, on things that are important to me. Um, and yeah, it's just, I think it's good to have a perspective, get a perspective from another young man, my age, who's not me here. So I'm excited for this, Jack. Um, if you've listened to any of the episodes before, you know, we have three questions that I ask my guests. The first two are, uh, more about things that I'm interested in. And then the third question is more about you. So we'll begin with question number one, and we're going to dive right into it here. So I want to know your thoughts. Do aliens exist? And why or why not? Wow. You're going to, you're going to go there right off the rip. Um, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't truly know, but if I had to put money on it, I would say there is a strong possibility. Um, why, why would that be the case? Um, obviously if the universe is truly infinite, then, um, there's going to be a, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure life would, um, flourish at some point. Um, but obviously that's going to be ordained by God. And so where that comes into play, I'm not sure. I don't, I, I, uh, I've, I've thought about this a lot and it's one of the, one of the things that 
I struggle with um, to even con- contemplate. And so, yeah, I, I, that's going to be my answer for now. Is, yeah. I, I know you, I, I assumed you probably spent a lot of time thinking about it because yeah. I do too. I'm yeah. really interested in, um, you know, the cosmos and uh, going off of that question, let me ask you this. Say today, the president of the United States or whoever it may be came out and said, yes, aliens are real. Mm-hmm. They gave us definitive proof that aliens were real. How do you think that would change life as we know it if we knew that aliens were real? Um, I think initially it'd be a lot of fear um, and confusion because especially for I'm, I'm kind of looking at it from a Christian point of view it's like you know the Bible doesn't really speak of um, of life outside of, of earth and um, yeah it would just be a lot of confusion a lot of questions for me personally like where does where does extraterrestrial life fit into um, our, our, our world as Christians and um, you know what does that look like as far as um, you know, is there, do they have a gospel or has, has Jesus visited their planet in, in a different form and things of that nature. And so, um, that's, that's how it, it would affect me as a Christian. But as far as I think the an average person, I think there would be a lot of fear. I actually don't think I'd be too afraid. Um, I'd, I'd be more so interested in, uh, wanting to know more than anything, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I think, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, you are you are Christian. I'm a Christian, and uh, that is the lens that we put over our worldview. Um, but the one thing maybe you can relate to this is we both went to college together, and we went to a Christian college. But I was still presented with things in college that challenged my beliefs, mm-hmm. and you know I had to think about well, how does this fit into my worldview or is what I'm, is what I believe my whole life a lie or, mm-hmm. and I actually have come to, to the place where I feel like those are really healthy questions for anyone to ask. Um, and so, you know, having doubts is just a natural part of being a human. And when it comes to aliens too, it, I don't know what that would mean. Uh, I'm comfortable with saying I don't know what that would mean w- when it comes to my faith. Uh, if if it came out today that aliens were real, um, but I would like to ask you, you know, were, were there things that you've learned in higher education that that did challenge your beliefs, and and what was that experience like? Um, yes, um, I mean. You you took most of the same college courses that I did. Well, as far as Bible courses, um, going to Lee, we were required to um, basically minor in religion, correct? Like, mm-hmm. we had to take uh, Old Testament, New Testament, Christian ethics, and theology. Yep. Did you, did you, by chance, take any more classes than that? Yeah, I did. I took, um, well, when I first went to Lee, I was, uh, my original major was in the School of Religion, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I took probably twice as many like school of religion classes that like the average Lee student. I took two theology courses, 
Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the classes. I think Mission of the Church was one of them. I took a teaching and preaching class. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I did have yeah. a little bit more than the average Lee student. Yeah, as far as, as, far as um, whether or not those classes challenged my faith, um, I think they did. Um, nothing is sticking out currently. Do you, ha do you have like a specific avenue? Uh, well, I'm, uh, so I was definitely challenged in my theology classes because I was introduced to uh, just different interpretations of the Bible. But I was talking, I was really thinking about more like um, your science classes and, and math classes and things like that because uh, I don't know why, but I think that historically there has been kind of this weird tension in the church between the gospel and science and and i'm not sure if that's a tension that is really needs to exist or or um but what are your thoughts on yeah, that? yeah um I, I think that tension is um it's very natural um because in a way both religion and science are just two ideologies of kind of knowing what the universe is and almost trying to trying to have the answer at least um know the laws of which we which we can live and and how we were created and um i will never forget my my physics professor dr pig shout out to dr pig he's he looked like um who was who was like the the old guy in the chair um for professor the x, -Men. x professor x he looked like <laughs> professor x he was not paralyzed but um he was a very smart and brilliant individual, and I think uh, someone in my class one day brought that brought that up. Uh, Doctor Pig, you know, what do you believe? Um, we we trust your opinion. Do you? We actually we, we were talking about um, whether or not life is is uh, would be abundant enough in the universe to reproduce intelligent life, and and so on and so forth, and. I remember him talking about just how incredibly, incredibly um, lucky the earth was, or I guess we are, to be alive, and um, how the conditions had to be basically perfect um, for, you know, there to be water and for um, there to be, to life, to even exist, but to get to the point of intelligent life. And so, um, I don't know, I mean, that that conversation kind of made me start thinking about uh, where do we fit in the universe and um, and why, if we are alone in the universe, why there is so much space out there and so much um, matter. And uh, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I almost hope we aren't alone. I hope there are um, other creatures out yeah. there, but yeah, made, made me start thinking about that. Yeah, I think anyone who goes to, uh, who spends any time thinking about you know science and physics and chemistry and biology the, those questions will come up because it really is uh it's a it's a hole that you, that it's a it's a bottomless pit you can keep going and keep going and keep going and there's a lot to learn and um but yeah I I think that the time that I've spent thinking about those things I feel like was not time wasted like I enjoy mm -hmm. thinking critically and you know, if if I was created by a God, then I have to believe that he also created me with a brain that was capable of being skeptical and being curious and and, uh, you know, 
it's not only my right, but maybe even an obligation for me to use it and, and ask tough questions and, and really ponder, you know, the mysteries of the universe, because I don't think people realize how mysterious the universe really is, but quite, we'll move on to the second question. Uh, that was a good question. You need to let off with, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Second question, Jack. Um, I have no idea what your answer to this is going to be, but I want to know if you had the opportunity to spend a day with anyone in, in the world, dead or alive, um, who would it be? And, and what would you do? Another tough one. I've actually thought about this before and I think I've concluded that I would want to spend a day with grandma CI. Um, for those of you who don't know, grandma CI is the mother of, of our dads and, um, she passed away uh, many years ago before I was even born. So I never got to meet her, but she definitely left a legacy. Um, I mean, we, we still talk about her to this day and, um, you know, she, it's, she, her, her persona, her personality, her character, the way she lived and the way she raised our, our dads are definitely, um, it's definitely evident. You can definitely see it. They will even speak about it. And I think, um, in a way I've, I've been past, um, her, some of her love through my dad. And so, um, yeah, I would, I would love to just get to know her, uh, and how she was raised and, um, just, I would love to know her outlook on life because I know she was a very generous and caring and selfless individual. And that's, that's what I'm, I I pray, I'm currently praying that every day to be more selfless and generous. And I think I could learn a lot from her. So good answer. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's a good answer. I, so two summers ago, we had the opportunity to go to American Samoa Mm -hmm. together with our whole family. And, uh, I have been before and I think you have been before Mm -hmm. as well, but it was, it was the first time I went with like the whole extended family. And I had a, a moment when we were there in Samoa, it was, there's something spiritual about going to a place where you know part of your lineage is from Mm -hmm. and i had a moment in samoa i've i never told anyone this but i had a moment where i felt like i could feel my grandmother's spirit down there Mm -hmm. and uh you know i i started it, it was it was an emotional experience for me and i started wondering like what what was she like when she was my age mm-hmm. you know what kind of girl was she what kind of obviously we've heard stories from from my dad and your dad and our uncles and but it's hard to really we'll, we'll probably not know until we go to heaven mm-hmm. what she was really like and <clears throat> i think that one thing that i think about when i think about our grandmother is that even though our time on earth is limited and some people have longer times than others she was only 50 i believe when she died and so she had she died young and but the way that she lived her life is still influencing lives today mm-hmm. even though she died many many years ago and i think that you know that's what legacy is mm-hmm. is being able to live a life that 
um, it, it echoes even after we're not here on earth anymore. And so that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Uh, if I could spend a day on earth with anyone. Kobe was up there for me. I, I feel like he'd be up there for you. Yeah, he would be. I, honestly, I think I would go like way further back. And it might just be because I've been like uh, reading a little bit about him lately. But I think I would, right now, my answer would be Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. Um, so obviously, you'd have to learn Italian first. Old, old <laughs> yeah, Italian I, I'm really interested. I've, I'm really interested right now in like the Renaissance era and Da Vinci's like the pinnacle of that. And I won't get too too into it right now. But yeah, I think Da Vinci would be a really interesting guy to think of because he was so far ahead of his time and um, the way he thought about the world and the way he thought about art. And I, I recently. Yeah, I won't. I won't go down that route. Are you sure, bro? Well, so I spent like forty-five minutes uh, watching this video about the genius of the Mona Lisa. (laughs) Okay, and I would love to see that painting one day. I've heard it's actually very. uh, When you first see it, can be very unimpressive because it's small and. Right. But there's just way more to what he was doing with his art and. I mean, he was into art, anatomy, uh, physics, mathematics. He knew stuff about human biology that that wasn't even discovered for many, many years later. And I don't know. He was just uh, obviously was a genius. And I think Da Vinci would just be a really interesting guy to spend a day with. Yeah. But yeah, that's tough too. And yeah. I, that's a tough question because it changed my answer changes because I go in and out of uh phases of things that I'm interested in so but yeah Kobe would definitely be up there for me as well um good answer grandma CI so we're going to move on to our third question which is uh what this podcast is really all about Jack and it's an open-ended question you can answer it however you want to and it's simply this what's going on at home um at home, it's a it's a bit of, of a transition for me. Um, I am about to move uh, in about a month or so um, to a place that I've I've never lived before, Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out the Vols, um, and I will be moving in with my future wife, my fiance Leah. And uh, the reason we're moving is because I'll I'll be starting um, a doctorate program in physical therapy at South College. And, um, yeah, it's just a huge, huge, like the most transition I've ever gone through with moving and starting basically like a new job in in a sense, um, as well as getting married and it's just one thing after the other, but I'm, I'm completely ready for it. Um, I'm excited and, uh, I mean, I'm just ready for a, a new journey and a new chapter. Yeah. So you and I are both engaged right now. Yes, We're sir. both getting married this summer. Um, so I know you're moving up to Knoxville. Is it in June? Yeah, early June. And is Leah moving with you, or is she moving after the wedding? She'll be. She'll. She'll move in after the wedding. I'll. I'll be. I'll be in there getting it all prepped and ready for her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she'll be. You know, 
facetiming me and make sure the couch goes here and not there but um yeah i'll be there and i'll actually start school a bit a bit early because my first day of class is technically two days before our wedding and our wedding is on a friday so i i will actually technically have class on my wedding day um but they're they're south college is super cool and they're allowing me to start a week early so that i can have that week off so yeah so, so Leah's moving in after the wedding. Um, one thing that I've been asked this question about because, and you are, you and I are kind of in similar situations. We're both engaged. We, uh, our fiancés live nearby, um, but we're not, we haven't moved in together. And I know before we go any further, I want to make sure people know I'm not casting judgment or condemnation on anybody Mm -hmm. um but not moving in together at least in my experience has been uh the exception to the rule for people in our generation um and i want to ask you for you and leah i know you guys are both living uh separately right now was that like an intentional decision that you guys made or was that something that it just kind of happened that way or, or, and if it was an intentional, intentional decision, what were, what was your reasoning behind that? Um, yes, it it was, it was intentional. Um, uh, after I graduated, Leah had already graduated a year before me. So she was out on her own in Chattanooga. Um, and we both decided to, um, move back to Franklin. She's from Franklin. I actually met Leah through uh, my cousin Callie. And um, so, yeah, she, she moved in with her parents. I moved in with my dad um, and we just kind of continued to live life um, knowing that we would uh, we would be together um, eventually and, and get married. So why we chose that route um, and like you said, it's an unpopular one, I would say, for for us, uh, for our generation um, was one to you know, avoid, avoid temptation, to be honest with you, um, is probably the biggest one, um, to, um, be obedient to God in in that sense. Um, and honestly, like looking, looking back full circle, I'm so glad we did because it's, it's made me that much more excited to live with her. Um, it's allowed me to work on myself, um, as a man away from her, um, and to really, really reflect on on who I am and where I need to to strengthen myself and I'm sure and she's done the same thing um so it's it's given us that 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 time to prepare for marriage fully um and in a way it's it's going to all come together on one day where we get married and then we finally can live together spend every day together for the rest of our lives so I think all of that was very intentional and I'm glad we did it yeah yeah, I think for for me and Alexis's case, like uh, like financially, it would have been easier for us to move in together. Right. Um, and we have a we have a place that Alexis is going to be moving into next month, actually. Um, and I'm moving back to my parents' house until the wedding. But like the place that we're moving into, the rent there is less than our combined rent right now, and you know, 
I think I've had co- I had coworkers that asked when my when my girlfriend Alexis was my girlfriend when she moved up here. I told them, yeah, my girlfriend's moving up to Nashville, and they said, oh, so are you guys moving in together? And I said, uh, no, I, we're just gonna we're just gonna wait because yeah. we weren't we weren't engaged at that point, and I knew I wanted to to propose to her eventually, but you know, there's no guarantees, and I do think that. For people listening that are younger, maybe they're wondering, like, why Why would, you know, you can save money, you can get an opportunity to know the person better and mm-hmm. see what they're, they're really like to live with, because uh, that's just the reality. I've never lived with Alexis, so when we get married, that'll be my first time uh, really living with her. And I would just say this, is, is that, that, like you said, there is something uh, exciting about the fact that you know it's something that it will be a new challenge definitely after I get married but also a new blessing that I've never experienced before and I would say to anyone who's asking that question or um, you know should I move in with my boyfriend or my girlfriend uh, I would just let you know that you can you don't have to move in together and it can still work out Um, so yeah I, I think you know, those are decisions that that you and I have, have started to make um, just growing into being young men and uh, husbands very soon. And I'm sure the decisions won't stop. Um, th- there will be more and more decisions we have to make. But so I want to go back to uh, your, your going to when you talked about you're going to grad school. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this when I knew that you were coming over to record. And I, I, I'm not sure if you've thought about this or realized this, but you're going to be the first Katina to go to grad school, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, I, I think my dad told me that the other day. Um, and yeah, it's crazy to think about, yeah. So, so for did your, did your mom go to college? She went to um, like beauty school to, okay. to be a So you're like me. Our parents did not go to college. Right. For you was not was was college something that you just always knew you wanted to do or was it something that you decided like was it an option for you because I know for me like my peers it would have been weird for them to not go to college it'd be like what are you doing with your life but what was would that have been your experience or or no um I think if I chose not to go to college my parents would have made sure I had a really good reason not to which I respect um but to be honest with you I I kind of always planned on going to college it's something that I always wanted to do um so yeah how come um that's a good question I initially um I just knew that I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew that it, it could lead to opportunity. Um, but I've always kind of, co- in a way, coasted through life, taking what each day brings me. Um, so I just, I thought it would give me the best shot at um, being successful, but I didn't know what that would be. Yeah. Um, any regrets? None. None not at all. all? Yeah, no. Yeah. Not at all. I, I think... Um, Obviously, you see value in higher education because you're going to grad school. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think I could do another two years in school personally. Um, 
I would like to ask you, like, being when I was in college, you know, obviously I have parents that are very supportive of me mm-hmm. and very, uh, you know, they just walk with me through things. And I think that's probably what your experience was as well. But it was there. It was a little difficult for me to talk to my parents about the challenges that I had while I was in school because they had never experienced it. Mm, yeah. And um, I want to ask you: Does that does is that something that that you've experienced as well? And do you think about that as you're about to begin uh, your graduate program? Um, yes. Um. Because anytime I, I would maybe hit a wall or an obstacle in college, I couldn't talk to them about it because they didn't. I mean, I guess I could, but I wasn't really expecting any insight from them. Um, and as I go to grad school, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I don't really worry about any of my because ch- I, I know I will face challenges. That's just the inevitable. Grad school is going to be very challenging and very hard, but um I mean, I know I'm equipped for it. I'm confident in my ability. And I know that, um, you know, as long as I have my priorities straight with, with God first and then my wife and my family, um, and I'm taking care of what I need to take care of, uh, you know, I'll get through it. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're going you're gonna to be married and in grad school at yeah. the same time, a newlywed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think will be the biggest challenge for you in those first couple years of marriage while you're, while you're in school? Yeah, I, I've thought about that one. And I think, um, I think while I'm in school, it's definitely going to be knowing when to give myself a break and to, just to make sure that I'm spending enough time with, with Leah um, because I can totally see myself just getting really invested into school. Uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but um, I actually talked to um, one of the students at South College just to get some some advice from him um, as I as I approach um, my first quarter there, and he said, "Make sure you set aside time for yourself and for your your soon to be wife um, every week." And he said, "For me, I I Saturdays I completely leave that." wide open for for me and my he he was married to for my wife and uh so i think that's what i'm going to try to do um just leave saturdays completely open i haven't told leah that but leah if you're listening saturdays are for us baby let's go so i'm sure leah will be excited about that i would like to ask you this how do you think do you think uh how do you think leah feels about knowing that her first two years of marriage are going to be her husband's in school and do you think yeah, how do you think she feels about that? Um, I think she's definitely excited for me because I'm excited, um, and um, in the same sense that I think she's just—I mean—a little nervous that um, probably just w- about what I was just talking about that I'll I'll be fully committed to her as well. Um, but I mean, she's she's confident in me, um, and she knows that. I mean, we have, we're very, uh, we're, our communication is very open and we're very honest with each other. So if it ever gets to the point where she feels that I'm not um, giving her enough of my time, then she, she, I think she'll, she'll speak up. But I don't think, I, 
I don't think it'll ever come to, to that, but yeah. yeah. So you're 24, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so I'm 24 as well. Some people might say that we're getting married young. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to ask you, how did you like? How did you know that you were ready to marry Leah? Mm. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I knew I I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. About two years into our relationship, when I mean, I just came to the realization that I didn't want to live with, without her. Um, now, as far as n- knowing when I'm ready for marriage, I don't think, I think if you really wanted to sit down and think about it, you could always find reasons why not to get married. Um, and in, in the beginning, I think I was trying to find reasons uh, why I, I needed to be more financially stable or, you know, I needed to get through grad school first so that we can, I can be, you know, fully invested to her. But I think, uh, I think when you know that you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody and, and you can make it work, I mean, whether that's getting eloped or, you know, your parents can support you if you're not in a financial situation to do it yourself, um, then I think you should do it. I mean, that's, that's what I personally think, but, um, you know, as long as you're confident in, in your partner and and they're confident in you, I think, I think you can get the job done. Yeah, I think, so I... I remember when you and Leah started dating because I it, it was actually weird to me because I've known Leah since her and I worked together at my very first like air quotes real job at we worked, Culver's yeah we worked at a fast food restaurant together I think I was 16 guess who else is working at Culver's now who Haley no way Haley dude. is working at Culver's now bro that is crazy yeah. For those of you guys who don't know, Haley's Jackson's younger sister. How old is she now? Uh, 14. The, she's working as a 14-year-old? Yep. Wow. Yep. Go, Haley. Yeah. I'm proud of you, yeah. Haley. You get that bag, Haley. That's funny. Man. Well, Haley has expensive taste, and my parents were like, all right, Haley, you keep you keep wanting this, these Lululemon leggings you're gonna have to you're gonna start have to start working for it but she was she was ready for the for the task and so good for you Haley that's awesome Uh, so that's interesting so you're so you're 24 you have a younger sister who's 14 yep and how old are your other siblings uh so I'm the oldest of seven Dylan is uh 22 then it goes Chase Chase is 15 then it goes Haley, 14. Then it goes to Riley, who is 12. Then it's Colton, who's 11. And then Levi is four. Wow. So your parents have some range. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have one sibling. He's three years younger than me. You have six siblings. Six. Yeah. And that's a 20-year gap between you and your youngest brother. hmm what has that experience like i'll ask this how it, how if at all is your relationship different with dylan who's the closest to you in age compared to your relationship with your younger siblings yeah um so me and dylan are extremely close like that's i mean that's my guy right there um and so 
And because we're so close in age, we have just gone through the same stages of life together. And so, I mean, he, we know each other in and out and we really relate to each other. Um, and how I, I would say our relationships differ mostly would be just the, how I can talk to Dylan. You know, I can't really talk to Dylan and come to Dylan about things that I can go to. I, I can't do that with my other siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, specifically with Levi, the youngest, who's four, that relationship is very drastic to yeah. mine with Dylan, obviously. I mean, I, it's almost like I'm his uncle. Um, but, I mean, I love it. I love Levi. I, I'm very blessed to have all the siblings that I do. I love each and every one of them with all my heart. And so, yeah. Dude, you know who's blessed? Who? Levi. Le- oh. Levi is blessed because I think about if I was four years old, and I had a brother who was 20 years older that was like, that actually cared about me and was spending time with me. I just think, I'm sure he thinks you're the coolest thing uh, on earth. No, he calls me, he calls me a, a, a butthead every day, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we have an awesome relationship. I don't, I don't know if anyone is going to miss you more when you move to Knoxville than Levi, but I'm going to miss him a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I'll stay talking about the younger siblings thing. So you and I were, getting we're at the age now where like kids in high school probably think we're old Mm -hmm. which i guess technically we are are, but which is weird but and i think about my time in high school so haley's your only sibling and well is uh chase chase is in high school too Mm -hmm. yep so thinking back on your high school experience how do you think that your high school experience is different than Haley and, and Chase's? Um, as far as... like Just how, like the way that the world has changed, if, mm-hmm. if you think it's changed at all. Um, I don't think it's changed too much since, since I was in high school. I mean, you know, it, it may look... Like the outlets may look a little different, but I mean, high schoolers are just really all about their friends, yeah. um, all about social media which you know that was definitely prevalent when we were in high school and it still is today um so i mean as far as like high school being different i don't think it's too much different i will say though looking at chase and and Haley in high school i have i'm so proud of them because i was just a i was just i feel like just a rebel in high school (laughs) i mean i just got into a lot of trouble in high school, I felt like, um, compared to, I guess, some of my cousins, but, um, you know, Haley and Chase are, are awesome, and they are doing great in school, they care about school, which I did not in high school, and so it's just, they're just way better than, than me when I was in high school. <laughs> well, there you go, good, yeah. good reviews for Haley and Chase. Oh, yeah, A+. Uh, so talking about social media, you and I grew up do you remember how old you were when you first joined any social media platform? Uh, I was in seventh grade when I got a Facebook. Okay, so and seventh so, grade, so you're like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I think I that had w- to. I had to lie about my my birthday. Did I had the same thing? And still to this yeah. day, I think it's it's wrong. Yeah, my Facebook says I was born in '95. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, but social media was a part of our lives pretty early on, and today kids like I think Levi probably 
he's not on social media, no. but he could probably navigate it oh, if he yeah, wanted to. He could. He definitely could. Uh, for your parents, though, social media, they were grown adults. Like, they had kids when they first were introduced into social media. And I often think of, like, how that has changed, how the perception of social media is different uh, through the generations. And how, because mm. like, I know your dad, he he knows how to use social media really my well. dad is more prevalent on social media than i am yeah that dude, but i mean he's i mean he does a great job on social media so but i have like i don't know if you've ever experienced this but i have many moments when i'm trying to help my parents mm-hmm. use technology and to me it's like so intuitive because i grew up with it right but for them it's like speaking in a foreign language sometimes yeah. and uh, I often think so now with your younger siblings like I know TikTok is like a big thing right now yeah. which I'm not well I am on TikTok but I don't make TikToks I just yeah. waste time you on sure, it bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what I want to ask you is as a as a person who gr- grew up when social media was becoming prevalent in our society do you think it has made things better or worse for us on the whole. Mm. That is a that's a complex question because I think it's both. Um, I think, I mean, the human race has never been more connected, which is a good thing. But in that same avenue, it's it's can be a bad thing with, um, unfortunately, just the hate that you can find on social media, um, especially for, for young people, not knowing really how to deal with it. Um, it can be very mentally taxing, mentally stressful. Um, and we're all kind of going through it as guinea pigs. I mean, this is like the first generation that's kind of grown up on social media. And so we're really starting to see the effects of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great outlet for news and for keeping up sports for us I mean I know we get a lot of our highlights on on Instagram and Twitter and um, yeah it's a great way to to see what's going on or on in the world but um, yeah like I said it's just it's also sad to see the repercussions of um, really just it's it's the conversation without face-to-face can lead to um, misinterpretation it can lead to um, people feeling like they can speak to somebody in a different way that they normally would not. And yeah. um, so it can just, it can be very, um, very bad for, for some people, for some individuals. But When you have kids one day, mm-hmm. what do you think your approach will be with them? Like they come to you when they're eight years old and say, dad, I want an Instagram. No, not no. at, not at eight. I mean, what, I've what do you about, think is a good age? Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about this a lot um, because I'm, I'm off social media right now. I mean, I, I, I'm off and on. I'll, I'll redownload it every now and again, but I try to stay off of it just because I do see um, how not only how toxic it, it can be, but just how time consuming it can be. If you're, if you're quote unquote bored or you're not doing anything, you can waste a lot of time on social media but um, as far as a good age for it, that's a tough one. I've, I've, I've thought about not letting them 
get social media until they're in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, kids are get, getting social medias in fifth grade these days. Wow. I mean, and, yeah, I mean, Riley, my sister Riley, who's in sixth grade, she, yeah, I think she got her TikTok in fifth grade, I want to say. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's so be hard, hard too because. Like I'm sure all of Riley's friends right. have TikToks exactly. too. So how am I as, as a parent gonna, you know, not let them get a a TikTok or a Twitter or an Instagram when all of their friends have it? And you know, it's you know you don't you don't want your 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 child to feel excluded or isolated. But in the same sense, you want to protect them. So here's the thing too is that I know back when I was a kid, like like I said earlier, I was much more. Uh, technologically literate than my parents were right so i knew how to do stuff like just being honest i knew how to sneak around yeah and they they weren't able to they couldn't keep up or Mm -hmm. if they did they didn't tell me but i'm i'm sure like new technology is going to be coming out by the time we have kids that age and you know they'll probably be more it'll be more intuitive for them than Mm -hmm. it will be for us and um so like I think about it too and you know I think at the end of the day my hope is that my kids are honest with me mm-hmm. and that I'm honest with them about uh about everything but specifically with social media I want to be able to like I don't want them to have to to sneak around right. when it comes to that and so I I know for me and this is kind of a uh a swing through technology, but I remember tech, like the technological boom, um, is part of the reason why I was exposed to pornography at Mm -hmm. a young age. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I was 12 years old when uh, I had a, an iPod touch and I wasn't even looking for it. I was 12 and still like relatively innocent kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was exposed to that and, you know, I think there's a lot of damage that can do to a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an experience that a lot of young kids have. Um, sad, unfortunately, that's how kind of how, um, a lot of people our age were introduced to, to that. And mm-hmm. my fear is that, you know, I want to protect my kids from that. Right. And I just think that there's like a fine balance between protecting your kids and sheltering them. Right. And, you know, I give the older I get, the more sympathy I have for my parents Mm -hmm. because I've realized how hard, or I'm realizing more and more how hard it is to, to parent kids and, you want your kids to be obviously your my parents loved me but there was times when i was young where i was like man my parents are the worst right and (laughs) but looking back on it now i i know that they were doing things with the best intentions Mm and um but yeah i think having kids it's something that it's exciting to me, but it's scary to me. Do you think, I'm assuming you think about having kids a lot. Yeah. Like you said it perfectly. It's exciting, but it's, it's scary in the same sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, do you ever think about, I've had conversations with my dad now that I've gotten older where 
my dad has been willing to and able to tell me, yes, and I, I made a mistake when mm-hmm. I did this or doing that. Have you ever had those kind of conversations with your dad? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what was that like for you to hear that from your dad? Um, I mean, it, it was very, very healing. Um, because I think at least in some way as a kid, you almost think your parents are always right or they, even when you feel like they're, they're wrong in the moment, you just assume that, well, they're my parents, they're older, they're adults, they must be right. So I must be, I must have felt my feelings in that situation must have been wrong. But, um, you know, when he, when he does, when he came back and apologized for certain things, it just, it just allowed me to heal and allowed me to realize that, okay, I wasn't crazy in, in, in my feelings in those moments. I think too, for, for young men, I can only speak for young men, I guess, is that when you have a dad who's in your life and you know, who loves you and is someone you look up to your dad, when you're young, it's like, he's, he's different than everyone else. He's your dad. It's almost like we put him as like a superhero, Mm -hmm. but as you get older, you start realizing your dad is just another man. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm afraid if I'm being honest about when I have kids one day that they're going to see me as a superhero Mm -hmm. and one day they're going to realize that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that motivates me to try and make myself a better person and become a better version of myself um, constantly is because and maybe this isn't even healthy, but I want to try and be as perfect as I can for, for my kids. Um, do you think that, does that scare you to think about your kids realizing that you're, hum- you're a human one day? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I've thought about, I've thought about the relationship that I want to have my, with my kids. And I think I, I want to try to be more of a friend try to be more of a friend, um, still be a parent, but, um, I want to be kind of honest with my, my, my kids from the get go and let them know that, Hey, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I've messed up plenty of times. Um, and you know, that's going to look different through their various stages as a young person. But I think it, um, something that'll be very healthy is just allowing them to realize that, um, I make mistakes and that, there, there's going to be plenty of situations where they are, they are right and I'm wrong. Um, so it's, I think it's just about being honest with myself. I think that's probably a good way to look at it. Um, I think we'll wrap up there, Jack. Um, we're running out of time, but is there anything you want to share with the listeners before we go? Listen to sunny days on uh, (laughs) SoundCloud. I think you can search Joshua. This man is crazy on the mic, and I'm not kidding. Something you don't know, so check him out. Thank you, bro. Yeah, bro. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming in. Hopefully, we'll do this again another time. Thank you. For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.